Oh, social media. I don't know about you, but I have a love-hate relationship with it. I love it because it can be so entertaining and engaging, a great way to learn new ideas and get inspired about things in my own business, or even start collecting things into saved folders for educating myself or keeping things handy for when I need to pull up a recipe or a tip about my human design type. But when it comes to using social media for business, it can be super overwhelming and really frustrating to figure out where to even put most of your time and energy. In fact, I find a lot of the coaches that I work with are not following a strategy at all and spending, well, wasting a lot of precious time and energy and brain power on social media and it's not really moving their business forward that much. That's why I brought in today's marketing strategist, Christy Mitchell, to talk all about social media and how we can start to ditch the overwhelm when it comes to using social media in our business. Christy has an MBA with 10 years plus of corporate marketing experience and a drive for continual learning in her field. She guides her customers to a better way to succeed and prevent the overwhelm of data, analytics, technology, and everything that comes along with a modern marketing plan. Christy offers marketing success roadmaps, implementation support, and ongoing accountability sessions to assist entrepreneurs with their digital marketing. She's really passionate about helping women achieve positive, lasting success in their business business by giving them collaborative support to focus on what they love to do. Let's dive into today's episode and sort out your social media. I'm Lexi Sparrow, holistic nutritionist turned business strategist who believes there's a much easier way to build your dream business online. It all starts by getting clear on the simple, straightforward strategies that support you. I created the Magnetic Business Podcast for coaches, consultants, and service-based entrepreneurs who are looking to start, launch, and grow their own successful online business in a way that feels aligned with how they want to spend their time and share their genius with the world. Each episode brings you a blend of step-by-step strategies, mini trainings, and energetic topics like human design and manifestation, so you can start taking serious action in the way that you were designed to be most successful. If you're ready to build your own blueprint to your most rewarding and thriving online business, then you're in the right place, my friend. Let's get started. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. Hi, Lexi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk all about social media today. It is something that is a huge part of any business these days, but I feel like when you're a solopreneur or you're just getting started or it's just you yourself and you running your business, it can be super overwhelming to figure out how much time do I actually devote to social media and what do I actually put out there and should this take away from me running the rest of my business or does this have to be something that I do every day? Just all these questions come flooding in. I know, especially when I speak with my clients about it. So I'm excited to get your expert opinion on all things social media today. For sure. Yes, totally. All of those things that you say, those are things that I hear from prospective clients and current clients. 
So you are a marketing expert and a marketing strategist with an MBA. So how did you get into this? Because I know in your bio, you said that you had 10 years of corporate marketing experience. And I know marketing has obviously changed a lot in the last 10, 15 years as well. So how did you get into what you do now? Yeah. So kind of a long winding road. Let's see the abbreviated version. So I spent eight years working in higher education at a big institute and doing a lot of like program management and a little bit of marketing. And over the time that I was there, I kind of morphed that position to be very marketing focused because that's what I was drawn to. Um, So with that, I, you know, eventually just got to a place where I was ready for the next step. I'm, I'm the kind of person who just really likes to continue to learn and grow. And I just got to a point where there was no more left for me to grow there. And so I was looking for the next opportunity. I was being super picky because I really liked the people that I worked with. And I really liked being in the college environment. So I was being really picky, couldn't find anything, decided to stop looking and decided I would just start doing some freelance marketing on the side and thought, okay, well, if I could grow this into a business, like then I could just kind of make a transition there. And I always say like, when you're not looking for something, it happens to find you. And so once I decided I wasn't going to be job searching anymore, I got connected um, on LinkedIn. Someone reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in this position. So it was a financial, in a financial services company, it was a marketing position, marketing management, but also supporting a sales team. And I thought, well, this would be a really good experience to actually be a part of an entire marketing team, to work in a B2B space, in a sales environment. I hadn't had that experience. So I thought, let me go try this out and see what it's all about. So I was there for about a year and a half, was not a good fit for a number of reasons. And so I really just kind of went back to, I really want to be my own boss. I want to run my own show. I have a young child and I wanted to not feel torn between having a career and being a good mom and wife. Uh, So I really just wanted the ultimate flexibility of making my own schedule and deciding when I'm working and when I'm not and holding myself accountable and, you know, serving my clients. So I started doing freelance marketing. Really, I was kind of just doing a little bit of everything because that's my background. I'm a marketing generalist. I've done a little bit of everything when it comes to digital marketing. And so I was just kind of taking whatever work I could find. I was really heavy into networking and my business got off the ground and it was great. And I had a successful first year going into my second year. That's when the pandemic hit and I lost most of my clients. Marketing is one of the first budgets to get cut as many people know. And so I lost a lot of my clients and it really gave me the opportunity to take a step back and look at what I enjoyed doing and what I didn't. I knew that I loved being my own boss, but I did not love the type of work that I was doing. I was doing a lot of social media execution, a lot of writing email campaigns, making edits to websites, all of those things. And what I decided was I really liked being on the strategy side. I liked kind of coming in as the outsider, looking at all of the pieces saying, this is what we should keep doing. This is what we need to do differently. Maybe here's some new things we should add. Here's some things we should get rid of. Really driving the strategy and then relying on subject matter experts for the execution pieces. And so I started kind of changing my business in fall of last year. It's been, yeah, pretty much a year. So I actually rebranded myself. I used to be phase two marketing. Now I'm Christy Mitchell Marketing Consulting. 
Um, and I focused really on strategy. And with that also came the focus on helping solopreneurs because that's something that I'm super passionate about. I love being my own boss. I love supporting other people who are their own bosses because I know the benefits that it can have for you, especially, you know, for, for moms and people who are looking for that flexibility piece. And so I really, really love working with solopreneurs who are amazing at the service that they offer their clients. They are subject matter experts, but sometimes the marketing gets in the way. Like you said, with all of those social media things, you know, it's things just get overwhelming and it's not just social media, it's email and blogs and websites and all of the things that you feel like you should be doing. And so I really like helping that audience and showing them that there's a better way and it doesn't have to feel super overwhelming. Your story will resonate with so many people, especially where you had to pivot during the pandemic. I mean, who hasn't pivoted <laughs> during right. the pandemic, right? Like it's been a crazy last couple of years, but it's so cool to see how your pivot really actually aligned with what you wanted to be doing more as well and what you wanted to show up and share as well. So that's really cool. Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I've heard people complain that they they're sick of hearing the word pivot and it's like so overused, but I'm like, but it's true. Like it's what happens. It's what has to happen in situations like this. Definitely. And I actually, that's such a good point because I've actually started to talk about it with my clients more of, it's not really a pivot. Like you're not really going in a complete different direction. You're actually taking another step up right? It's yeah. like another layer, another step to your staircase, because chances right. are you wouldn't be pivoting in that other direction if you hadn't get, gained all that experience and knowledge and everything that you're walking away from. So instead sure. of saying, okay, I'm taking a hard left, it's kind of almost like, oh, actually I could see that I could go to the next level here and take a different direction with it. Yes. I love that. I love that. That makes so much sense. Totally agree. So social media, I mean, where does one even start? Like there's so <laughs> many things that you could be doing. And I know with my clients, I have conversations all the time of, okay, so you're posting every day or you have a consistent schedule that you're trying to hit and you're showing up, you're creating posts, but what happens after that? And they kind of look at me like, well, what do you mean? Like I put it out there and then I see if people comment or people like, and so that's why I'm so excited to talk more strategy side with you, because I think yes. that's what a lot of people think of is, okay, well, I'm going to turn out all this content, put all these posts out there. And then like something magical is going to happen in the universe <laughs> somehow, right. Versus having an actual strategy of, okay, what is the point of this content that you're putting out? How are people going to actually connect with you? How does that convert into sales? Because that's a right. huge piece that people are often missing. Right. So you know, let's clarify really what the role of strategy, the role of what social media can play in your business. Yes, for sure. That's where I really like starting with clients is why are you even on social media to begin with? Because if you can't answer that question, which most people can't, it's usually some form of like, well, I just need to be and everybody is and I should be and I have to be there. Like, that's not clear. And that's not going to help you achieve what you need to in your business and in your social media efforts. And so I really like talking to people about the marketing funnel, which not to get too nitty gritty here, but basically if you picture a funnel with the top of the funnel, you know, what's going in, 
Um, that's, that's the wide part of the funnel. Right. And so that part of the funnel is how are people hearing about you? Right. So it could be a variety of things. It could be being interviewed on a podcast. It could be writing an article that gets published somewhere. It could be hosting a free webinar to get a bunch of people to come. It could be a number of things. It could be social media. Um, so, so just thinking about what part of the funnel social media is helping you with. So you have that top of the funnel, which is like that brand awareness, getting people to learn about you. Then the middle of the funnel is really nurturing people, right? So once they know about you, how do you stay in touch with them? Social media can really play a role there too, along with things like email marketing. If you're getting people to sign up for offers and you get their email address, um, there's a number of things that could be in that nurture section. And at the very bottom, that's when you're you know, converting people to clients. So hopefully that helps paint a, a picture, a mental picture for people as far as what I'm talking about when I say the marketing funnel. I'm quickly interrupting this episode to tell you all about my free masterclass, how to create and launch a profitable coaching offer that attracts your dream clients. Inside this training, I am walking you through the exact step-by-step framework that I use with my clients to help them launch profitable and irresistible coaching offers. During this free training, you're going to learn why creating an offer based on you and your energetics is essential to your success, how to clarify your messaging so that you truly become magnetic to attract your dream clients to this new offer how to determine what your most profitable offering is and make it specific to your niche or area of expertise. I'll teach you how to create a custom sales plan to sell your brand new offering with ease. And I'm giving away the number one mistake that coaches make when creating their programs or services that tends to lead to low enrollment rates and therefore major frustration. You're not going to want to miss this training if you are an aspiring coach who has an idea for coaching program or service, but you're looking for an action plan to make it a reality, or maybe you're in your first few years in your coaching business and you're not making the money that you'd hope for with your initial offers. This training is also for you if you're ready to fill your coaching calendar and you're struggling to sign the right clients and you're ready to make some serious adjustments to your business strategy so that attracting your dream clients and selling them on your offer feels easier. Or maybe you're just completely tired and frustrated and overwhelmed with following somebody else's strategy. You know I'm a big believer that there is no one size fits all in business. So maybe it's time to start creating your own business strategy, something that feels authentic and true to you. And that all starts with the foundations of your business and your core coaching offer. By the end of this 60 plus minute training, you're gonna have a strategic step-by-step plan and a way to make it unique for you to create and launch your most profitable coaching offer even if you're a new coach and you're just getting started in your online business. Go to LexiSparrow.com slash masterclass. That's L-E-X-I-E-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com slash masterclass to access the free training and get started on creating your most profitable coaching offer. Now back to the episode. But looking at that framework and understanding what is it that you're trying to achieve through social media as it relates to that framework, are you trying to get in front of more people and get more people to learn about you? Probably. Are you trying to stay in touch with the people who already know about you so that they remember that you're there? Probably. It's usually that kind of like top to middle of the funnel that social media plays, but maybe it's one or the other for you. 
Um, but just being more clear on, again, what role it plays in the overall picture to your business and your marketing efforts, I think is really crucial. And how do you suggest people get started with deciding like where to even start? So they, they've decided, okay, I know that I want to get in front of new fresh eyes, or like you said, maybe I really just want people to find me. And when they do, I want to nurture the heck out of them and really show them what I'm all about or a combination of both. But then how do you even start doing that? Like, do you have advice on that? Yeah. So next step is for sure getting clear on who your target audience is and what platforms they're on. So I always say this is kind of like a little mini research project. Hopefully you are already clear on who your target audience is. And when I say that, I'm talking about things like demographics, like male, female, age range, um, you know, what industry they're in, what type of role they're in, what love, what type of level they may be in their company or in their business. Like those little pieces of information can help you determine where those people are as far as on social media. And then I always just recommend a good old fashioned Google search. There are a ton of big social media companies out there, like platforms like Hootsuite and Sprout Social and all of those. They put out awesome reports and data to help you kind of sift through that and figure out like, okay, this is my, if I know that this is my target audience, based on what I see in these articles and this information that I'm reading, my target audience is likely on this platform. So I think being very specific about where is your audience and not feeling like you need to be on every single platform. That's like the biggest mistake I see people make. And it's just a recipe for overwhelm, in my opinion. That's such a good point because why spend all your energy and effort spreading yourself so thin when you could be, you know, doing such a, a more consistent, better job at really honing in one or two of those socials where you know your ideal client is hanging out on. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, it's funny. I was telling someone recently, I've noticed, I feel like people need to be given permission to stop doing things. Like I've seen so many people who are like, oh yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. It's like, okay. Now, where exactly are you getting the most engagement and where is your audience? And it's like, you know, depending on the business, it's LinkedIn or it's Facebook, Instagram. Um, And most people, at least that I have worked with, Twitter is like one of those afterthoughts. So they just kind of keep posting to because it's there and they're getting like zero engagement and they're not growing their following. And I'm like, so why? Like, why are you there? And they like need permission from someone to be like, stop doing that. Just stop. (laughs) Because they're not going to do it on their own. They've always done it and they just feel like they need to keep doing it. But it's like taking a little extra energy. I think it's hard sometimes too when we compare ourselves to these big businesses or like these big corporations that are maybe someone is the head of them and they, you know, show up on social media everywhere. And we feel like, oh man, it's their business, but we forget that they're actually a massive business at this point. And they have an entire team dedicated to creating their content and posting their videos and all of that stuff. So they can afford to do it on Facebook and to do it on Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter and LinkedIn. And, and then we kind of look at this and go, oh my gosh, that means I have to do that. I have to show up that way as well. Do you find that's true as well? Yes. I feel like it's like, yes, for sure. Notions of like, well, everyone's doing this. So I have to do it too. And 
I'm a big proponent of like, there's no one right way for everybody. There is no one size fits all model when it comes to digital marketing. Like you have to do what works for you. And I actually just did a video on this on LinkedIn recently about it's okay to look at other people to help give you ideas and inspiration, but it's not okay to look at them and be like, well, I need to do what they're doing because just because it works for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You have to kind of like forge your own unique path. Definitely. Like looking at it with observation and looking at it in that, in that sense of like, oh, this is really cool. And this could inspire something that I'm going to do versus what a lot of us do. And I think it also comes from, you know, that corporate world that a lot of us have been brought up in to think that we are going to work in someday of that. Well, I have to make sure I'm meeting the same expectations that everybody else is, or I'm not going to get ahead as well. Right. So kind of looking at it for inspiration and ideas and wow, that's really cool. And just expanding your mind of what's possible, but letting go of the need to act right away or, you know, compete almost with it. Right. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So I absolutely love doing market research. I know that in the first few years of my business, I hated it. I had, you know, (laughs) coaches that I hired, I took courses and everyone always said, you have to do market research. You have to get out there and ask the questions. You know, you you can't just assume that you know your ideal client. You have to really have those conversations. And, you know, now I preach the same thing to my clients years later (laughs) and I totally feel that that icky, like, Oh, but how do I ask people those questions and where do I even start? And like, can I just make it up or ask a couple people or, but there's so much value in getting out there and really having those conversations with people that maybe you've already worked with that you're working with, or that you'd love to work with in the future. People who really fit that profile of who you want to sell to, because they're literally going to tell you exactly where they hang out on social media. Right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's such an easy question too. Like it, I feel like it, we built, we can build it up into our mind and be like, Oh, this is like, I'm dreading this like so much, but to ask somebody questions, I've always found in my own experience, people love to talk about themselves and to like share their perspective on things. I very rarely have someone tell me, no, they're usually like honored that I would even ask them to you know, take 15 minutes on a call for me to like pick their brain a little bit on questions that will help drive my strategy and my content. People are really willing, I think, to have those conversations. And it can be really, really eye-opening as well as a business owner, right? I mean, we've all seen those entrepreneur shows where they finally survey their customers and they're like, oh my gosh, we could make this brand new product that we never even thought of and boom, it explodes or whatever the case. But I think when it comes to social media and the content that you're putting out there, if it's you yourself and you creating all that content, solopreneur, you have to make sure that what you're doing is not only getting seen, but it's actually connecting with your ideal customer. So I feel like part of that strategy comes in where you have to almost survey those people and make sure that your efforts are worthy. Do you have advice around that? Yeah, I think asking questions, I think trialing things out. I'm a huge data person. So I love that you're like, I'm into market research. I'm a big data person. And that's a lot of what I do with my clients is looking at data to help inform marketing strategy. Because again, there's not a one size fits all model. I'm not going to give them, you know, a blanket 
you know, templated marketing strategy to each person I work with. It's the exact opposite of that. So we really start by looking at data. And I think, you know, especially when it comes to social media, by looking at the data, it can really help tell you, oh, I'm not getting the engagement on Facebook and Instagram that I really thought. And I'm really having more luck on LinkedIn or maybe it's flip-flopped, you know, it just depends on the person and the audience, the service. But I, I think that data can help play a really big role. And a lot of times people overlook that opportunity or don't know really even where to start and how to use data to help inform changes that you should make. I feel like data is so important, especially when you're trying to set goals in anything in your business, right? Because us, when it's just us looking at the the results, like how many clients signed up or how am I feeling about my business? And it can get a little bit mixed emotions in there and versus looking at the actual data of the numbers to say, oh, this is what's happening without my feelings or how hard I felt like I worked or whatever it was. Right. And it can help you make some really great decisions. And I feel like that would be an important piece when it comes to setting goals with social media as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're looking at the data to say like, okay, I have this engagement rate. And again, I love doing, you know, some quick Google searches to find like industry benchmarks because they do, they do vary, right? Like your engagement rate or whatever metric you're looking at each platform is a little bit different in how they report that data, but finding benchmarks and looking at how you're doing and say, okay, I want to, I want to increase my engagement percent from, you know, 2% to 5% or something like that. I think that it just, again, helps you get more clear on like why you're even doing all of this to begin with, right? Like posting content to just post content doesn't help you. But if you are trying to get people to engage with your content and have conversations and share it and like it and all of those things, that's a different story. And that's contributing to that, again, that like nurture phase of the marketing funnel. And we usually get caught up in one number, which would be followers or likes, right? Which are kind of like those vanity metrics where are are those people even interacting with you? And really from your business standpoint, just because you have a bunch of followers doesn't mean you're converting that into dollars either. So I feel like that kind of gives you a a breath of fresh air to track other numbers, (laughs) not just your followers. Yes. I always tell people it's better to have a highly engaged, a smaller, highly engaged audience than it is to have huge follower count in like minimal engagement for sure. So we've decided that you do not have to be on all social media platforms. And again, here's your permission slip if you need it to (laughs) definitely ditch them. But Is there like a sweet spot? Is there a number? Like, should someone start with two or should they just go for what they feel like they can be consistent with? Or how do they decide really, okay, these are going to be my top priorities to start with? That's a great question. I, I approach it probably different than a lot of other marketing experts out there, but I start with what's realistic. I mean, when I'm working with my clients, it's, how often do you think you can really commit to posting and on how many channels? Like I might say, I think you need to be on these three channels and they say, okay, I'd love to, but like, realistically, I think I can only commit to one right now. It's like, okay, then commit to one. What is your goal for how many times you're posting? 
I'd like to see you posting five times a week. Well, I think I can only post like two to three times a week. Okay, then let's start with that. We're committing to one social platform. You're going to post three times a week and we're going to check in in a week or two and see how that feels and how that's been going for you. Um, I think, you know, going back to what I said before, I think it's just a recipe for disaster when you're trying to do too much. And so I always start with a place of like, what's realistic for that person and start there. And that's not to say that's, that's all you're ever going to do, but start there and get it going and be consistent with it. And then maybe add another platform, or maybe then you're committing to five days a week instead of three, but start at a very realistic goal and then work up from there. I love that because what's the point in having this amazing schedule where you're going to post five days a week, but you actually only post twice a week, right? You're kind of setting yourself up to feel like you're not doing enough when you're probably working your tail off, just trying to get those two posts out on top of everything else. Yes, for sure. I feel like we need to talk about the different platforms in a sense that it's not just about posting because when we look at Instagram, for example, I mean, what type of posts do you even do? Because there's static posts, carousels, Mm -hmm. long form video, short term video, reels, stories, lives. And so I feel like we have to almost somehow talk about how each platform actually has their own strategy or algorithm or this deeper layer to it as well. You know what I mean? Yes, for sure. I feel like Instagram has become such a beast in and of itself. Like mm. you said, just with all the different types of content that you can be posting and the different ways that you post them on the platform, it, it can be a lot. It can be very overwhelming very quickly. Now you mentioned like Hootsuite and I know later has a blog. And do you feel like that would be a great place for people to go to kind of prioritize where they should show up on these platforms? Or do you have advice around that? Like say, okay, I want to, I want to make Instagram one of my main platforms, but what type of posts should I be prioritizing? Or, you know, do I have to do reels every day or can I throw in a static post? Like what's working best, you know, best practices? Yes, I would totally recommend doing some research there, especially if you're not at a place where you like want to hire like an Instagram specialist to help you. I would totally just go out and start doing some research. Like how often do I need to be posting each type of content on Instagram? And that will help you gain that clarity again, back to what you were saying with what numbers are you looking at, right? Like a reel may help get more eyeballs on your content, but it's not necessarily going to get you more followers. Or, you know, a post with the optimized with the right hashtags might be what you need to get the most engagement, right? Like every different type of way you could post on Instagram is going to have kind of like a different goal and what you're trying to do. So then you can kind of get clear in your mind. If your goal is to just, you know, if you have an okay number of followers that you feel okay about and they're pretty engaged, okay, how do you keep them engaged? So look at what types of posts are geared towards driving that engagement rather than focusing on trying to get in front of more people and get more followers or whatever, you know, kind of aligning your, the tactics that you're using with those goals that you have for why you're on the platform. Again, it's just giving you that strategic purpose for what you're doing instead of just kind of throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right, right. Now, how do you feel about people repurposing content to other platforms? Is that something that you recommend? To a degree, yes, absolutely. Repurposing content is like a must 
just have, and I've seen some people who build their business on like repurposing people's content or teaching them how to repurpose their content, which I think is awesome because it definitely needs, people need to do it more because creating content can just take so much time. And especially for solopreneurs, like time is (laughs) a limited quantity supply. So I think that you should repurpose I think that you need to remember what each platform is for. So one of the examples that I see time and time again, I'm going to go back to Twitter and I'm not saying you shouldn't be on Twitter. I just think that if you're going to be on Twitter, you'd need to do it the right way. And oftentimes what I see people doing when they're using a, you know, one of those scheduling tools like Hootsuite is that they're using the same content and just posting it to all of their platforms at the same time and not tailoring it or customizing it. So for example, um, image size, that's one thing, right? That, that can be different or distorted depending on which platform you're posting on. They have different optimal sizes for images. So that's one thing. It's very clear if you look at someone's Twitter feed and they've been like optimizing for a different platform, you're like, oh, this image is all cut off and weird and I don't see people's heads. Um, That's one thing. Hashtags is another thing. So you want to use like a ton of hashtags on Instagram. On Twitter, you probably only want to use a few. Um, Facebook, you might not really want to use any. They're still kind of a little unknown how valuable the hashtag situation is on, on Facebook. And LinkedIn is like in... I think they're growing in the hashtag space and, you know, optimizing for that. But yet again, you don't want to have like 30 hashtags and only like one line of text in your LinkedIn post. Like that just doesn't look great on the platform, but doing that on Instagram is fine. So I think that there's a lot of little nuances that you have to pay attention to. So you can use the same content, but you should be tailoring it to each platform. Mm, that's such good advice. Cause I've seen that time and time again, as well as people, especially when you're scheduling posts, you're trying to save time, you kind of click it to all platforms. And then, like you said, you'll be reading something on Facebook and it says, you know, go to the link in my bio. And you're like, Ooh, that was the Instagram caption that wasn't necessarily for Facebook or image size. Like you said, is a big one. And I think, especially when you're using something like Canva or a free tool where you can literally just take the same image and resize it to a different size, it doesn't take that much longer to, you know, do it the right way. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it feels like it kind of comes back to if you feel like that's complicated or you don't have time for that, then limit the amount of platforms that you're posting on to get started with, right? Right. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, if you can't be on the platform the way that you need to be, then don't do it. Don't prioritize that one. Limit the number that you're committing to. Now, another thing that I see time and time again, especially when people are just getting started, is they're kind of either copying or, you know, using somebody else's platform for inspiration and kind of doing similar posts, right? Oh, this person does a ton of educational posts. That's what I'm going to do. Or this person Mm -hmm. does a ton of funny reels and they get lots of likes and followers from that. That's what I'm going to do. Versus trying to figure out what the customer actually wants to see. And so for example, if you're, if you are working with a younger demographic, I feel like Reels has got to be more of a priority on Instagram. 
Instagram because chances are that's probably what they're scrolling through or engaging with more versus maybe if it's an older demographic, you might actually want some of those longer form, like long caption posts because that's what we we're used to with the original Instagram, right? Just random examples. But I feel like there's so much to be said about putting yourself in your customer's shoes when you create content. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. I, a lot of times when I work with clients, I'm, you know, I'm doing like a mini audit of sorts of like their social media presence. And it's not just about what platforms are you on, but it's about what is the content you're posting and how is it worded? I just worked with somebody recently and she had a very, she was great. She had a consistent presence. She had hashtags. Like she had a lot of things going for her that were really good, but she had this kind of nagging feeling that her content was just falling a little bit flat. And what I helped her realize was that she wasn't doing a good job of making the content speak to her audience in a way that resonates and gets at like their pain points. So I'm a big pain points person. I am a big fan of the jobs to be done theory, which is a whole, we could do a whole nother podcast just on that. Um, There's a whole book on it. It's by Clayton Christensen. And it's, it's coming from a place of actually product innovation, but I think a lot of it can be applied to marketing efforts as well. But the premise of it really is truly understanding your target audience and the problems and the challenges that they're facing and creating your content from that place instead of a place of, here's what I offer. Here's why it's so great. Here's why you should work with me. You have to reframe it so that it's going to resonate with your audience. If you can, in the first sentence, tell them, I I keep going back to the intro of this podcast, Lexi, when you're talking about all of the problems that people have with social media and the frustrations, like that's how you should be starting a post, right? Rather than here's how I work with clients and here's how I help them improve their social media efforts. I need to like hook them in with why they should continue reading this message. So if you're not getting to the point of you know, their pain point, the challenge that they're solving and why they should look to you to be the resource to solve that for them. I think it just leaves your content. It makes your content part of the noise. I think that is social media, right? In marketing in general, there's noise everywhere. There's so much content. People are inundated with content all the time. The way that you stand out from that, I think is by showing that you truly understand your audience and how you can solve their problems. I love that advice. And I think a lot of it is just, again, when you don't have the practice, right? And so just practicing different types of posts, tell a story and see how that lands. Like just, Mm -hmm. you know, I love going to, you know, people that I admire on social media, just checking out what they're doing, reading their captions and kind of looking at it with a with an investigative eye and going, oh, they told a really engaging story or when I'm scrolling through an ad or something and I look and I go, oh, I would, I want to learn more about that. Wait a second. What is it that drew me in? And I kind of make notes about it and see, and do I always have time to implement it all? No, but it can be really refreshing just to try something new. And I feel like, especially when you're decided, okay, I'm going to show up, I'm going to be consistent. Why not try a few different new things that you haven't tried before and see how they land. Right. Yes. I'm all about experimentation and then measuring. 
(laughs) (laughs) Exactly. To see what works and what doesn't, right? Yes. Yep. Well, thank you so much for all of the amazing wisdom that you've shared today. I know people are going to walk away with big permission to just focus on what they need to focus on. And I feel like social media is one of those things where it's constantly changing. And so, like you said, one of the biggest takeaways is know your numbers, kind of look Mm -hmm. at the data and look at it as if you were tracking it for somebody else as well. Sometimes it's helpful because I think as solopreneurs, we get really attached to what we're putting out there. I mean, it's pictures of us. It's our own personal stories. And maybe it's not necessarily that somebody doesn't want to hear what you have to say. It's just that that post wasn't as engaging, right? So I think doing the, your your research, getting your numbers, tracking, trying different things. And then, like you said, Christy, knowing what the the standards are, knowing the, the insider information of what the best practices are. And you can get a lot of boost in your, your goals just from simply following those things. Yes. There's no shortage of information online. I mean, always go to the reputable sources, but yeah, I think using, using what's out there to help refine your goals and your tactics and how you're going to, how you're going to get to where you want to be. If someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I just, I, I'm tired of doing it on my own. I need somebody to help me with the strategy. What is the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, for sure. So they can go to my website, christymitchell.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L.com. There's a bunch of information there. There's a contact form. You can book a free 15-minute consultation. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. That is my favorite social media platform of choice. I do ask that if you send me a note or send a connection request, let me know where you heard about me. And I'd be happy to, you know, set up a, I love doing like virtual coffee chats just to network and get to know people. So awesome. Well, definitely make sure that both the website and her LinkedIn are in the show notes for everyone. Thank you so much for your time today. And I've really enjoyed just refining this. I feel like I got to go back through my social media strategy and refresh it. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it.